This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out, episode 533. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Not joined by Chris today, unfortunately. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Going to be joined by Dave. You can follow him on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. Collectively, Marking Out. Marking out 11 on Instagram and YouTube, facebook.com slash marking out. Check out our merch over at pro wrestling tees.com slash marking out. Use the code regardless for 20% off at manscaped.com. You get free shipping as well. Um, like I said, I'm one of the hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter. I already said that. Uh, as far as my week goes, I did not do much as per usual, but I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine, uh, and it did not hurt anywhere close to the, like the first dose did. So that's good. I was just super exhausted. I was dizzy. Um, and my body ached for like two days. My arm, uh, that I got it in still hurts, but no big deal, I guess. Uh, and I also, I decided to make some Israeli salad this week. I know it's not that hard to make. It's not even hard to make, I should say. It's just diced up tomatoes, onions, and cucumbers. But I just wanted something fresh. And uh, I think that's always a good go-to thing to to get. So check it out. Uh, we have a brand new wrestling lineup schedule because of NXT, uh, taking over Tuesdays, Impact moved to Thursdays, and Dynamite is there by itself on Wednesdays now, uh, this is the first time we're speaking, or I'm speaking about it since that happened, so AEW Dynamite coming up first, uh, originally, the news that happened, by the way, that, uh, took place while I took a hiatus for talking about AEW and Impact. Uh, originally scheduled for March 25th, 2020 in Newark, New Jersey was Blood and Guts. And that will now be May 5th between the Pinnacle and Inner Circle. And it will be the full episode of Dynamite they announced. Which is weird. Unless that was like a slip of the tongue sort of thing. And they're also advertising other people like Sting and Kenny Omega. So it doesn't make sense for them to advertise that if that's not going to be the case. But the first match on Dynamite this week, we saw Adam Page pick up the victory over Ricky Starks. I liked the uh, the pump handle Hef Nelson fallaway slam that Adam Page did. And he also made Ricky Starks tap out. Afterwards, Taz told Adam Page to watch his back, which he did not do, and Hook hit him from behind. Starks joined in, Brian Cage came out, went to go powerbomb him, but the whole Dark Order ran out, chased them off. 
So we'll see perhaps more Dark Order versus Team Taz sort of things happening. I don't know. After that, we saw Penta defeat Trent. Alex Abrahantes got involved by trash-talking Trent and Sue. Orange Cassidy showed up for some reason to make the save. Uh, I don't even think he was ringside for the match. But Penta takes him out. And then Alex uses the microphone on Trent, which leads to the end of the match. I don't think Trent should be losing after such a hot return the other week. He was literally, I believe, billed as the wrestler of the week. So I don't know. I don't like him losing like that. We had a sit-down interview with Jim Ross and the Pinnacle. MJF put himself over as being better than Chris Jericho. Um, better, He's already in a better spot than Jericho was at his age. Uh, we also uh, got MJF saying that he's not a mark. He's a mark for... He's not a mark for Chris Jericho. He's a mark for Chris Jericho's spot. So he's coming after Jericho's spot. Good fired up promo from MJF. We got Wardlow talking a little bit. Nice little mix in. Um, definitely, the, I think, the best promo from from Dynamite this week. For the AEW Women's Championship, we had Hikaru Shida successfully retain the championship over Ty Conti. Good match. Nice uh, senton from Ty Conti on the uh, the top rope while Hikaru Shida was draped off across the top rope. I am glad that Hikaru Shida is still champion. However, it seems like the fans are turning on Shida. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just could be bad booking. It doesn't seem like AEW cares all that much about booking storylines you have major storylines but then you have women's the the women's championship the champion most times not even featured on dynamite so people are are growing perhaps stale of Hikaru Shida and it seemed like the aftermath where Britt Baker comes down and announces that she's now ranked number one fans pop for that so I don't know if fans are going to turn on Hikaru Shida and like go full balls to the wall with Britt Baker. I don't know. But it seems like Britt Baker will be the next women's champion whenever that match takes place. After that, we had a fired up promo from Miro. He wants a title. He doesn't know which one he'll go after. Kind of just a filler promo. Good promo from Miro, but again... This is how we should have seen Miro from the start. Inner circle in the ring uh, with Tony Schiavone. Definitely don't think we needed this. I felt like it was nothing new. Maybe five uh, a five-minute promo just to say we'll, we'll discuss the rules of, of our war games, our blood and guts next week. I thought this was the worst segment of Dynamite this week. QT Marshall picks up the victory over Billy Gunn. 
You saw the gun club uh, jump members of QT Marshall's group. I don't know what QT Marshall's group is called. I uh, missed it. But we saw Anthony Agogo nail Billy in the kidney, which led to QT Marshall's victory. He grabbed a wooden chair, which I have absolutely no clue why someone would have that under a wrestling ring. But Dustin Rhodes runs down with a bull rope, which he does not use, makes the save, and then smashes that wooden chair over Nick Camarado's head. But it did nothing. It's a super deep cut reference to Dusty Rhodes doing that to Big Bubba Rogers. So kudos to them for getting that out there. After that, we saw the Elite inside their private trailer, which was interrupted by a horn honking. And they're like playing it off like, oh, we're filming live here, pal. Like, what is this? It's like, come on. Obviously, it's going to be Moxley. Obviously, it's going to be Eddie Kingston. Moxley and Kingston ended up being there. They show up in a truck, smash into the trailer. They go into the trailer. The Elite's not there, which makes absolutely no sense because we were there for the whole segment. There would not have been enough time from when John Moxley crashed the vehicle into the trailer. There was definitely, there's no way that the elite could have escaped that. So unless next week you're going to be like, oh, we were in a decoy trailer, which also wouldn't make sense because there was so much honking unless there was another decoy reason for honking. Like, oh, it's somebody else showed up like, hey guys, I'm late to the party. And then they celebrate the fact that the the person was honking the horn. I have no idea. That segment sucked. Not as bad as the Jericho one. Uh, After that, we saw Christian defeat Powerhouse Hobbs. Good match. I think uh, of all the matches that had interference, it should have been this one causing Christian the match. I I don't think Hobbs should be losing. And I definitely don't think Christian should be losing. Afterwards, Jade Cargill uh, has a promo for herself looking for someone to sign her as if she's like the top prospect in AEW right now. Um, And she had people, she had Vicky Guerrero, Matt Hardy trying to get uh, her to maybe sign for her or sign with her, I should say. Uh, and then the main event took place. Darby Allen picked up victory over Jungle Boy to retain the TNT Championship. I think um, it's it, it not related to Dynamite, but related to Dynamite. It, it's too bad that Conan O'Brien doesn't have his full like hour-length program anymore. Because I think Jungle Boy would make like the perfect second or third guest to be on to promote Dynamite on Conan. Um but that's I just not going to happen, I guess. Um, in the match, though, we saw a coffin drop on the ring apron. Sting and Luchasaurus fought for absolutely no reason. I thought that was the goofiest thing. I hated that they started fighting. I hated that. Because both people were playing by the rules. It made no sense. Uh, and then I, I would have like, they, they hyped up the TV time limit. I would have liked to have seen it go to the TV time limit. It was a decent match, but it could have been a lot better and we could have gotten another one out of them. They're two young guys, great talents. Why would you do a one and done? 
After the match, though, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page takes out Darby Allen. Lance Archer tries to make the save, but he gets jumped. Murderhawk Monster, come on. Getting jumped like that? I don't think so. And then Sting ultimately comes out with the baseball bat to, to chase him off or make the save. Dumb. I thought that was so stupid. Where was Luchasaurus? Did Sting beat him up? Sting beat Luchasaurus up? I don't understand. That makes no sense to me. Ethan Page debuts almost a, uh, over, it's almost been two months that, since we've seen him on TV wrestling. The last time we saw him wrestle was uh, the NBA mix-up. How do you have Ethan Page just sit around doing nothing? What is he doing? Dark Elevation? How many people are tuning into Dark Elevation? AEW Dark. But that is AEW Dynamite. Moving over to Impact Wrestling. The show kicks off with the Good Brothers. Picking up a victory over the Decay. I think it was a beyond obvious outcome here. Um, They spoke about Finjuice afterwards. And they said that 2020 was their best year. Which I think I would probably argue that it was perhaps maybe 2014, 15, 17, or 19 even. Um, But we saw a promo after later on from Finjuice. Just to, I guess, rebuttal what the Good Brothers had said. I personally hope that Finjuice retains the championships and we see more of them in Impact. Them going to Japan kind of sucked because we just haven't seen them in a month. After that, though, we saw Tennille pick up the victory over Susan. Quick match. Tennille spoke to Deanna Perrazzo afterwards about how she's now number one contender. And she kind of brought up how without her... She didn't mention the Divas Revolution, but she said had it not been for her, Perrazzo probably wouldn't have been there, which I think indirectly mentions the the Divas Revolution and give Divas a chance because she was part of that match with Paige and the Bella Twins, so it was kind of cool to hear her mention that. And it'd be really cool if Tennille won the championship at Rebellion because I think... She has like so much potential that just for some reason got wasted in WWE. And I just hope, I hope it's her time. We saw a promo from Brian Myers, a good promo, uh, just typing up his match against Matt Cardona at Rebellion. I don't think Matt Cardona had a, a rebuttal promo. After that, we saw Sammy Callahan. Basically just say that he's going to make sure that Trey Miguel never walks again after Rebellion. Trey had a pep talk and a training montage promo a bit later on after that. I don't know what this feud is going to lead to. We had Shira pick up a victory over Jake something. I don't know why Shira is back with Rohit Raju. They kind of, they they mentioned that Rohit did something to make Shira forgiven, but I don't know if they explained what it was actually. Uh, and I thought for sure that Jake something was going to pick up the victory here, but Rohit got involved and Shira hit sky high to pick up that victory. We saw Rich Swan cut a promo on Kenny Omega. He called him out. 
Kenny and Don Callis appeared via satellite and said that Kenny will be at Impact Wrestling every week when he wins that Impact Wrestling Undisputed Championship. The Impact Championship will be one step closer to a world takeover for him. He's already got Mexico. He's already got uh, AEW, of course. Maybe Japan is after Impact. I know there's like no way it's happening, but man, oh man, I wish Rich Swan would win that AEW championship. But given the fact that they spent zero time on AEW Dynamite hyping it up, I don't see that happening. But after that, we saw Moose come out and congratulate Rich Swan. We had not seen Moose in quite some time, I believe maybe since the defeat of Rich Swan picking up that victory over Moose. To win the titles. Um, But he gave him some advice. He said that he better not lose the titles to Kenny Omega. Otherwise, Swan's going to be paying the price from him. And he also said that he's bigger, badder, and better than Kenny Omega. So if Kenny Omega wins the Impact Championship, Moose is coming after him. And I feel like if Rich Swan won the championship, Moose would also come after him. Rich Swan said that he's taken the championship and he has absolutely no problem facing Moose again. Um, something that was confirmed during the hiatus from AEW and Impact was that it is a hundred percent, one hundred percent. Taylor Wilde will be returning to Impact Wrestling soon, so I'm happy to have that. I'm happy that she's coming back to Impact Wrestling. I've always been a big fan of hers. Match up next, we saw Jordan Grace pick up the victory over Kiara Hogan via disqualification. Jordan Grace basically had this match pretty much won after a muscle buster. But Tasha Steeles attacked Jordan Grace. Uh, Fire and Flava continued the attack after the match. And Rachel Ellering made the save. Officially, I think, maybe officially. I don't know if she's ever been in Impact before. I'm going to say officially debuting for Impact Wrestling. Um, Jazz is now officially retired. And she was given a tag team title opportunity with Jordan Grace. But she's sticking to being retired. So she had a fill-in replacement partner. That being Rachel Ellering. Uh, and then the main event, Eric Young picked up the victory over Eddie Edwards. I thought it was a good match that ended, um, not quickly, but like in a quick manner, I would say. Everyone brawled ringside and this match was the match where Eric Young tore his ACL. I think when the news first came out, people thought that the match in March against James Storm, James Storm's 1,000th match might have been when Eric Young tore his ACL, but I guess that wasn't the case. And if it happened on the superplex spot in this match, then Eric Young, I mean, everybody on Twitter was saying how much uh, Eric Young continued the match, and it did not even at all look like he tore his ACL. So it maybe it is really mind over matter when it comes to something like that. That's just like insane. I, that's like talk about living the gimmick there. I, that's 
hats off to Eric Young, and hopefully it's a speedy recovery for him. Uh, but Rebellion is this weekend at uh, Skyway Studios. Uh, Fire and Flava defended the tag team titles over Jordan, Grayson, and Rachel Ellering. I'm going to say the new Impact Knockouts tag team champions going to be Jordan, Grayson, and Rachel Ellering. I don't know if the eight-man tag match is going to be happening with Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack taking on Violent by Design, whether or not Violent by Design has another member to replace Eric Young, or maybe somebody else sits out of that match, or it's a handicap match. I have no idea. I am going to say Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack pick up that victory. Last man standing match, Trey Miguel will be taking on Sammy Callahan. Got to give it to Trey Miguel here. Brian Myers taking on Matt Cardona. Uh, I don't think originally I was like, maybe we're going to see a loser leaves impact match, but I don't think that's going to be the case here. And I'm going to say Matt Cardona picks up the victory. Uh, Also with Rachel Ellering being in impact. Now Deanna Perrazzo's there. And uh, maybe one day we'll see Chelsea green return and we could see VXT finally in Wrestling group fashion on TV or something in Impact. For the Impact X Division Championship, we have the champion Ace Austin defending that title against Josh Alexander and TJP. I'm going to say it's Josh Alexander's night. Josh Alexander may be becoming that new X Division champion. For the Impact Knockouts Championship, Deanna Perrazzo defends that title against Tennille Dashwood. My fingers are crossed for Tennille Dashwood, 100%. I'm going with Tennille. For the Impact World Tag Team Championship, we have Finjuice defending the titles against the Good Brothers. If Finjuice is just going to go back to Japan, then I don't see how they're going to retain the titles over the Good Brothers who are here in America on AEW and Impact. But I'm going to stick with Finjuice just because I hope they retain... And then the main event, the biggest, possibly the biggest main event in Impact Wrestling history, a title versus title match, the Impact World Championship and the AEW Championship on the line. Champion Rich Swan defending the Impact Championship against the champion of AEW, Kenny Omega. It is very, very difficult to not say Kenny Omega. I'm going to pick Kenny Omega. I wish... I wish, wish, wish Rich Swan would win that AEW championship. It would be completely unexpected. It would make, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it would make Dynamite more interesting. But no, yes, it would. It would make Dynamite more interesting. I'll stand by that statement. It would be really cool to see Rich Swan just, like, out of the blue. Especially because it wasn't even promoted on Dynamite. <laughs> the next week, fans will tune in to Dynamite and Rich Swan will be champion. People are like, what happened? How's that even possible? But that is Impact and uh, Impact Rebellion. We're going to take a quick commercial break and hear from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look... 
I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, so that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0 my camera batteries and my phone all on the same shelf huzzah if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code regardless that's one for this uh, read at manscape.com your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Back here on Marking Out, episode 533. Check out manscaped.com. Use that code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. There's almost like no reason not to. If you need a a shaver, get the lawnmower 3.0. You could trim your nose hair. You get older. Start having these nose hairs growing out of your nose. It's unpleasant. doesn't feel great. Get the weed whacker. Get some crop preserver, some crop cleanser, some body wash, foot deodorant. Or if you're not into any of that, get a t-shirt. Get some boxers. Check it out. Manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Gonna bring on Dave now. Dave, how are you doing? Let me tell you something, brother. I am doing amazing. I am so happy because it's Friday and got through another exhausting week, but I am so energized for the podcast. I had earlier this morning, I had throughout the entire day, I had this like Americano drink from Dunkin' Donuts. And I've been like sipping on it all day because it was not that good. I didn't get any milk in it. Bad move. <laughs> I should have got sips on a coffee the full day. I don't know. I should have gotten it. I should have gotten that cafe con leche, but I did not. I did. That sounds awful. You can get a Zoa Energy from The Rock. We're not sponsored, but yet. maybe he'll hear this yet. And, yet. and tweet us. Yeah. No. I <laughs> I I had the vanilla flavoring in it, but I thought that the v- vanilla was going to be like the international delight. Like a, a creamer, 
And it was not. It was just a flavor <laughs> shot. And so it was just straight up the co- black coffee with vanilla flavor, which it wasn't too that bad. That sounds awful. It wasn't too that bad. That sounds so bad. Yeah, though. it had espresso in it, so it was pretty strong. But You know what's funny? I, I don't – sorry to cut you off there. I don't drink coffee, but I think I like black coffee. Uh, uh, Is that weird? I don't like black coffee. I'm not a – like, I mean, it. I, I have to add some creamer to it. So it was – but – that's why it lasted me the entire day, and because it lasted me the entire day, I've had energy for the <laughs> it turned entire into an ice day. It turned into an ice latte or whatever. Oh no, there was no ice. It got all yeah, melted. but I mean, like over the over the time that it took you to drink it, it turned cold. Oh, that turned stone cold. Well, it was it was an iced. I got it iced. Oh, it was yeah, iced. it was iced. But yeah, oh, so, so that's got to be even worse. Yeah, it has it into, jazzed me up. Got me crazy, but yeah, enough about me, brother. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro, which kicks off with Drew McIntyre talking about what happened last week. And MVP comes out and says that he has absolutely nothing to do with what happened last week. Then he gets attacked by Mason T-Bar while MVP just stood there. They had a near incoherent interview when they got into the back. I have, it was like as if Mason T-Bar started to play Password and we weren't in on it. <laughs> it was really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I mean, Raw this week I thought again was not great. Yeah. But things did get better. Yeah. McIntyre demands a match with Mason T-Bar. Adam Pierce said that he can't do it by himself. He needs a tag team partner. And he goes, make the match or you're going to regret it. So we find out later on, which we'll put a pin in, some stuff. <laughs> After that, the Viking Raiders picked up the victory over Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin why did this match take place again? I have no clue, but I feel like the Viking Raiders are giving up way too much offense to the opponents. We need the Viking Raiders that we're used to seeing from NXT, from New Japan. We need those brutes. Yeah, We need a change. We need their, their strength to be shown off here. Yeah, for sure. We gotta, we gotta. And see please, 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 do not give us Viking Raiders versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin again next week. You know they don't do. even give us a singles match in that. Yeah. After that, we saw Charlotte come out, cut a promo, where, if I'm not mistaken, she calls the women in the back rats and fake. Ooh. And I was like, what? <laughs> This was beyond bizarre to me, but she spoke about how WrestleMania was taken from her and how she can defeat Rhea Ripley and Asuka in the same night. And Asuka came out, Rhea Ripley came out, Rhea Ripley said that Asuka is going to beat Charlotte Flair. Charlotte spoke to Asuka as if she was a two-year-old, which was super cringe to me. 
And then Asuka fired up, uh, yelled at Charlotte a word that we do not use on the professional wrestling podcast called Marking Out, the only online listening experience. Yeah, that uh, took me off guard. Um, But earlier in the night, we saw Randy Orton being interviewed, and it was cut off by Riddle, who asked him to form RK-Bro. And Randy Orton then walks off, and we see Randy Orton confront Adam Pearce, demanding a match with Riddle, not knowing who he was. He described him as um, uh, a blonde who doesn't wear shoes, kind of goofball, runs around on a scooter all day. Matt Riddle eliminated Randy Orton at the Survivor Series in 2019, but Randy Orton has no idea who he is, but he demands a match with him. Riddle then goes on to defeat Randy Orton in the match. I thought the match was good. Yeah, I was surprised that he he got a victory with that crucifix. Yeah, we saw Riddle uh, keep locking Randy Orton in that sleeper hold, which Orton kept escaping from, of course. But Randy goes for that RKO, and boom, crucifix. Kind of similar finish at Survivor Series. So perhaps Randy Orton will remember now. He's got two victories over Randy Orton. That's very true. I don't know if WWE's going to try and spin it as just one, but in my books, that's two. Yeah. After that, we see Team Bad and Blonde defeat Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. We had Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke come out during this to show Mandy uh, slipping and Nia Jax making fun of that, and then Nia Jax slipping off the apron last week. Which, once again, Nia does not Jax- make sense. No, not at all. Nia Jax ends up getting pissed, leaves the match. This match just super annoyed me. Yeah, I, I, I don't. That's yeah. Yeah, I I don't like that. She uh, Shannon Baszler was about to get that tag in, and then Nia Jax just drops down. Uh, and then Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were interviewed about it later on, and Mandy calls uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax bullies. Nia and Shayna show up. Shayna blames Nia for the loss. Told told her to start paying attention or else. So there's an ultimatum there. And then we get the rare sighting of Angel Garza showing up, questioning what Nia Jax sees in Reginald, who was not on Monday Night Raw. Nope. If it leads to an Angel Garza versus Reginald match, I'm all for it. I would be cool with that. But next up, you had a segment. You had Ms. TV. Uh, Maurice was on Ms. TV. And they had the... They were hyping up pretty much Ms. TV. Uh, not Ms. TV. Ms. and uh, Ms. Ms. And Mrs. Mrs. Yeah, they had a huge firework pop. Yeah, that's... But uh, Damien Priest came out. Maurice sets up a match with Ms., which Ms. didn't seem too happy. Then Miz throws, I'm going to say, sparkling wine in the face of of uh, Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the end of that segment. After that, we saw Elias trying to play guitar, but Xavier Woods played bass over him. And I feel like, was that the first time that we saw Xavier Woods with the bass, or was that last week? Oh. I don't remember I don't now, remember. but... It's cool because Xavier Woods hasn't been playing bass that long. Mm -hmm. But Elias picked up the victory over Kofi Kingston. Um, We had 
Woods um, continue to play the bass during the match. He played Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song, which led to Kofi Kingston hitting some Stone Cold moves, which was cool. But Elias stopped Kofi from hitting that top rope move and then hit an elbow drop to pick up that victory. Yeah, nothing. After that we saw. I mean, when was the last time Elias even picked up the victory? Yeah, it seems like forever ago. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I feel like he's just falling into that middle area that just floats around. Well, right now he's in a feud with them, so. Yeah. We saw Alexa's playground where Alexa Bliss said that she's been best friends with Lily for years. And then they showed off the the pictures of Alexa Bliss as a child, which had Lily in them. And she told a story about shoving a kid off a swing one time and stealing her ice cream, which is kind of gross. Yeah, who who does that? But she said Lily made her do it. And Lily didn't like The Fiend. Um, I don't really know how to react to this. Mm-hmm. I want to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I want to be like, yes, this is exactly like the MCU. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's... I, I, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's missing something. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Let, um, let's see. Let's play it out. Let's see what's going to happen with it. You know, I I have been very impressed with Alexa Bliss's acting skills. And I love that. hundred percent. Yeah. And I love that this has really pushed Alexa Bliss's character and her. And it's good that she like she doesn't always have to wrestle. Yeah, that too. And we know that she's had like those injuries in the past that have prevented her from from wrestling. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I'm up for it. Let's see what happens. But next up, you had Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Mason T-Bar, but it was by DQ. Yeah, they wouldn't listen to the referee, so referee calls for the bell. Braun Strowman comes down, chases them off, turns into a tag team match where Mace and T-Bar then pick up the victory over Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman via disqualification because of probably the most significant thing from Monday Night Raw. Without a doubt. Or the second most significant thing, I should say. Second most. Um, That being McIntyre taking Mace's mask off. Beating Mace with it. And then Braun Strowman rips T-Bar's mask off. Slaps him with it. So they're officially unmasked unmasked now. Thank goodness, you know. It was there's, it was going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with Slapjack, but there's rumors that Mia Yim will be going to SmackDown. Yeah, and I'm assuming that she's going to lose the mask as well. Yeah, so, I would assume a complete reboot and back to Mia Yim. I could see that as well. And I think that, that I kind of like the mask aspect that it got ripped off and they got beat with it. Um, and it's kind of... They set them free from those characters that they were portraying that isn't them. They as in McIntyre and Braun Strowman? Yeah, they how they beat... As in T-Bar and Mace should be thanking Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman? Pretty much. I mean, McIntyre and Strowman broke Mace and T-Bar out of what was restricting them and holding them back, that mask. Now, 
they are going to excel. And, of course, we don't know who they are. <laughs> well, I think now we do know who they are. I mean, I don't know if commentary knew who they were. I don't know. It's like the Commander Aziz stuff. I don't know. I'll, you know, all, all I want is T-Bar to follow us again. You know? Yeah, come, well. Come on, Dijak. You, you know us. Come on. <laughs> um, but after that, we saw Damian Priest pick up the victory over The Miz. We saw Maurice get involved. Miz tried to use his feet on the rope, but Priest kicked out. And I don't know why, if they would have that spot, would the referee, shouldn't he be catching Miz? I thought if so he was going to be cheating. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that one little spot, but Damian Priest hits lights out to pick up the victory over the Miz there. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the night, we saw Adam Pierce congratulate Sheamus for winning the United States Championship at WrestleMania. I believe this is the first time since WrestleMania that we've seen Sheamus. Uh, and he brings up the United States Open Challenge, which uh, Sheamus said he's going to do it. A lot. There was, there was a kind of uh, conflicting reports on Twitter here whether or not the, it was going to be a title match or not. Mm-hmm. But Sheamus issued the challenge, and Umberto Carrillo came out, and Sheamus, which I popped for. I was super excited to see a match with Umberto, but Sheamus just beats him up, and that was the end of that segment. It led me to be disappointed, <laughs> uh, because I think he's a tremendous talent. But Yeah, but you had to expect that. Uh, no? no, I didn't. I guess I didn't expect that. I expected an actual match, but I understand where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Main event of the evening saw Asuka pick up the victory over Charlotte. It seemed like Charlotte perhaps would have worn the gear that she wore had she been at WrestleMania. Um, but as far as the actual match goes, we saw Rhea Ripley pull Charlotte out of the figure eight. Flair goes after her, and then we saw Asuka just roll Flair up to win. Not good. I gotta agree. It did absolutely nothing, and I mean, I guess the big thing to take away is Charlotte's gonna be off TV for a little bit. After, yes, after the most significant after, thing. Huh? The most significant thing from Monday Night Raw was this ending. Yeah, I mean, so she just made her return, and then after the match, she beats up the referee. Attack. Which this part, I I didn't mind that part. I think it was certainly better than the match. I agree. I would have liked her to lock in the submission hold though. Um, Instead of I just throwing elbows and kicks, she could have locked in a, in the figure four. I don't know if that was that would be necessary though. I I would have been a nice thing, but now okay. So after making her big return, what last week, two weeks ago? Yeah, she's fined a hundred thousand dollars and suspended indefinitely. And now she now she's back off TV. For how long? We don't know. You really this? I don't know. There has to be a bigger reason why. Why is Charlotte yeah, being there might kept... be some real life stuff we don't know. Exactly. There has to be something, whether it's with Andrade or contract. I, I know I know Meltzer reported on something and Charlotte put him in his place on Twitter. What was that? 
And so he, I, he said something about her. This is where she goes out and gets her teeth done or something like teeth that. Done. And then she like, she's like, you have my number. This is not true. Her teeth? You could have just called me. Why? What do you mean? People get their teeth done. But like, know. why her teeth? I don't think her teeth were. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But like. I'm not here for internet rumors, though. I don't know. I, I it's hard for me not to believe that this has to do with Andrade or something personal or contract wise that, that she's been. I, you know, I wouldn't. I would say no. Yeah, you would or you wouldn't. No, I would say no. So you think that is just strictly storyline? Well, if it's not mm-hmm. something real life, then obviously it's yeah, storyline. But I don't know. I I, I, I think, don't know. I I think that there's a deeper... I can't I can't even fathom a guess to that. Yeah, I think I think that this is something. A little I bit... choose to believe that it's just storyline. Yeah, I think it's deeper. But moving over to NXT, it kicks off with the new Kyle O'Reilly. A lot of people uh, comparing him to Orange Cassidy this past week because he wore a denim jacket. So that's. Uh... Just because he wore a denim jacket, it doesn't make him Orange Cassidy. Well, that's Does you could tell the internet fans that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but he spoke about what's next, and he called out Carrying Cross. But instead, Cameron Grimes comes out, and Kyle O'Reilly was all about Grimes, and mentioned how he's now cleared to wrestle and knocked him down. And I think it's a very interesting new Kyle O'Reilly that we got. Mm-hmm. Cool Kyle. I feel like that was... Oh, no, that's Kid Kyle. It's yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like that's a, a doo-wop singer that that was a, a, a child doo-wop singer, but I think that was Kid Kyle. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Kid Kyle or not? Uh, I think so. He used to be on all those like infomercials and stuff with the all the doo-wop groups. I... How great is doo-wop music? It's great. Yeah. First match of the evening, though, we saw L.A. Knight pick up the victory over Dexter Loomis. We saw Indy Hartwell show up in the crowd, and they almost kissed. But L.A. Knight attacks him. Yeah, and it eventually led to the end of the match, which I don't think it was a great finish, but I like the Indy and Dexter Loomis stuff. Yeah. And afterwards, we see them almost kiss again. But the way dragged her off. The way. Not having anything of it. Yeah. Uh, But we saw a sit down with Io Shirai. And she said that she's going to rest. She's been champion. She was champion throughout the whole pandemic for the most part. Uh. And then Frankie Monet showed up. She kind of fangirled over Beth Phoenix being there, which was cool. I was... And then offered to take EO's spot while she rests, and EO got pissed. So I think next week or within this next month frame, we'll see EO Shirai versus Frankie Monet, perhaps? I would say TakeOver. I don't know. Well, we don't even have a scheduled takeover for an upcoming event. But I just don't see them holding off her uh, Frankie Monet's entire thing until a takeover. But yeah, I I was surprised by Eo speaks really good English. Is that good English? 
I thought so. I thought she spoke really well. No, no, what your 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 prior sentence. She speaks really good English. She she spoke better than me. She speaks well. <laughs> <laughs> she speaks English really well. She speaks English good. <laughs> but yeah, she does. Yeah, but next up you had the grizzled young <laughs> veterans pick up the victory over Brizango. Um Brizango, man, coming out like the Queen's yeah, guards. Yeah. And I, I I like I love their entrance whenever they get that mic. It uh Yeah, the on the way to the ring, how he's how one of them's on the mic. Mm. What? Yeah, I don't think so. With the grizzled young vets. Oh, grizzled yeah, young not, veterans. Not I was trying not to Brizango. like for the life of me, I could not think of Brizango cutting a promo no, during no, the no. entrance last week. This vets. week. Um, but yeah, I thought you were hundred percent going to be like, I love Brizango every time they dress up no, as something no. else. That's gonna that's gonna really kind of suck for WW2K22 because. We have seen Brizango come out in so many different entrance attires, entrance music themes, um, that it's not, we're not, we're a hundred percent not going to have that sort of realistic entrance from Brizango where it'll probably just be the last entrance they had from 2K19, uh, 2K20, sorry, but the actual match they brawled before the match started. In the match, James Drake faked a knee injury. Zach Gibson pokes Dango in the eyes. They take advantage of that and pick up the victory. I love it. I don't I, know. I don't know if we'll see the Grizzled Young Veterans be built back up in the tag team division where they will eventually win the championships, but it seems like, as of now, MSK has moved away from them and vice yeah, versa. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I think that GYV will definitely move their way up into it. And this tag team match was awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of both teams, all four guys. For sure. Uh, after that, we saw a backstage segment with Bronson Reed. And the way it ends with Austin Theory getting in Bronson Reed's face, saying that he spoke to William Regal. And the only way to get a title shot, a North American championship shot at Johnny Gargano is to beat Austin Theory, which pisses Johnny Gargano off, which everything that The Way has been doing is fantastic. I love it. I love how diverse their group is, too. Yeah. And it just works. Yeah. It's a great four-person group. Next up, you had uh, Saray pick up the victory over Zoe Stark, but before... This took place right when Saray was entering the arena. She was being interviewed really briefly, but Zoe Stark came on in there and offered the challenge to be her first uh, opponent. Yeah, I, that was earlier in the night, I believe. Yeah. Early in the uh, in the day when she first arrived. Um, and it, I, I didn't expect. I wouldn't have expected Zoe Stark to be the first opponent for Saray. Uh-huh. Given how new Stark is. Yeah. But I think because of how Saray is a ring veteran, 
it just like really worked here. And it was a good hard hitting match. Yeah. And it was a pretty big match for Zoe Stark. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing more of Saray. I agree with you. I'm I want to see more. And Zoe Stark has definitely started to win me over. Yeah, I think there was like the the very few uh, mishaps, but which you which a hundred percent which wasn't even I mean it was her first no, match not at all you know yeah I yeah a hundred percent but ever it was such a minor mishap that it was just exactly like, and it was within the first fifteen first five minutes of her NXT career and ever since then she's been solid. Yeah, and it was a, a great match for a, a 10-year veteran such as Saray. I'm just like so happy that we're getting exposed to more international talent like that. Yeah. After the match, we saw Tony Storm attack Zoe Stark. So we'll see more of that feud. That stems from NXT TakeOver, I want to say, Stand and Deliver Night 1, I believe it was. They wrestled and she got a uh, an upset victory over Tony Storm. Mm. But if you're looking for it on the network, it'll no longer be there. The network as in Peacock. I believe if you look on WWE Network, it'll still be there. But after that, we saw Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai interviewed about Io Shirai. And Raquel said that if anybody wants to step up, she'll take them all out. Yeah, she said, line them up and she'll knock them down. We saw Candice approach Shotzi Blackheart and Ember about the championships. Indy was there with her. And it was going to be the both of them confronting them. But Indy ends up walking off before Candice gets there. It ends with her getting beat down. And later on, Indy mentioned that she spoke to William Regal, who gave them a title match. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Kushida issue an open challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship to be answered by Oni Lorcan. And I did not think we would see Oni Lorcan until Danny Burch came back, so it's very nice to see him on television. I totally agree. I would have liked for this to be more hard-hitting, but we got... Some of that in this match towards like the the end and the middle. Mm-hmm. But I'm such a fan of both of these talents that uh, I was happy that we got this match. Yeah. Legato Del Fantasma came out afterwards and attacked Kushida, which led to MSK making the save. Um, it If we see... I don't know if I necessarily see uh, Legato taking the tag team titles off of MSK. Uh-huh. And I don't think I see Santos Escobar winning the Cruiserweight Championship back anytime soon. Same. But I wish, I really want like a bigger group, bigger than just three people in that Legato Del Fantasma. You... And I would love to see them run NXT or something like mm-hmm. that. After that match, we saw Mercedes Martinez address Raquel Gonzalez and said that Raquel has been ducking her and uh, also mentioned that Raquel is in Dakota Kai's shadow. And she said that she's willing to take Dakota Kai out 
so nothing will stand between her and the championship. Oh. So I believe we're seeing Mercedes Martinez versus Dakota Kai next week. I'm not positive. But if that is the case, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think they announced that. Oh, well, it's a guess. Maybe maybe it won't happen. I don't know. (laughs) But after that, we saw Imperium pick up the victory over Everrise. We saw Killian Dane make his way out, which almost led to Everrise winning. But we saw Maverick come in there, pop Alexander Wolf in the face. Killian Dane held him back. Uh, and Imperium still were able to take advantage of that that uh, situation and pick up the victory over Everize. But I'm, uh, again, every time they're on, I'll say it, I'm a big fan of Everize. And where is this going to go with Wolf and Dane? Where could it go? Well, it's not going to lead to sanity, that's for sure. <sighs> well, uh, well, I can't say that because maybe it does. Maybe Timothy Thatcher ends up somehow in Imperium and Alexander Wolf ends up back with Killian Dane. Nikki Cross has not been seen on television in, in, in months, I think. Yeah, it's been a long time. Maybe we get some sort of sanity reunion without Eric Young. But do you think Wolf is going to leave them? I don't know. If if it happens with like that, with like Nikki Cross, or maybe Nikki Cross joins Imperium. Well, yeah, what happens if all of them just join Imperium? Yeah, I'm all for that. That would be interesting. Um Yeah. Uh, and then before Kyle O'Reilly made his entrance for the main event, we had a little stare down between him and Karrion Cross. Yeah. Uh, perhaps a sign of things to come. Uh, that's definitely got to be a sign of things to come. The main event, though, saw Cool Kyle picking up the victory over Cameron Grimes. Uh, earlier in the night, Cameron Grimes made mention to Ted DiBiase. And... Apparently, Ted DiBiase said he thinks he might be doing something with NXT soon. That would be cool. So maybe we'll see the Million Dollar Man do something with Cameron Grimes and NXT coming up. I don't know if that's uh, accurate or not, but that would be cool. Yeah. And I like the match. It showed off a side of Cameron Grimes that we don't normally get to see, like a main event side of Cameron mm-hmm. Grimes. And it was a good match to show us the the new Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, it it was a really good match, and Cameron Grimes it showed him off a ton too, and I loved it. But do you think that this is going to lead into uh, Kyle O'Reilly with Cross sooner than later? I don't know. We don't know when to take over is, and I feel like if Kyle O'Reilly does face Karrion Cross, it has to be Kyle taking the title. I can't see that this early. I don't. That's what I'm saying. That's I exactly. But yeah, I can't see it this early. I can't see any other option. Mm-hmm. But that is NXT moving over to NXT UK. It kicks off with Joe Coffee picking up a victory over Eddie Dennis. We saw the hunt there distracting Joe Coffee, which didn't last. We saw Gallus run down brawl with them. Led to the end of the match. 
Next match, we saw Sam Gradwell pick up the victory over Dave Mastiff, which I think is a completely unexpected win there. Gradwell put in some major work to this match, which I thought was great. Uh, And he picked up the victory. We saw Ginny pick up the victory over Danny Luna with the help of Joseph Connors distracting Danny Luna. Ginny continued the attack after the match, but Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews chased her off. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's. I don't know who who could possibly be like a team. Who who else would team with Ginny and Joseph Connors in that situation? Have there? we had a guy from the UK get called up to actual main roster? Um. I don't. Nobody comes to mind. And that's kind of sad, right? I well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you well, because what's main roster? The, uh, SmackDown because, or Raw? You mean Raw or SmackDown? SmackDown or Monday Night Raw? I don't think any like we've had NXT Not guys could come up, of. but we have never had anybody on the UK brand even featured on Raw or SmackDown. It's like they are. Well, wait, wait. I wouldn't say even featured because we have a hundred percent seen people like Pete Dunne and probably Walter even featured. Not on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, not Walter. I don't know. I feel like we would have maybe seen it during that Survivor Series time in two thousand nineteen. Well, we've never had anybody believe, outside of Dunne yeah, and potentially Walter. Who else? Well, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, maybe, but probably not. That's so. I really, I don't think that we would have seen anybody from NXT UK be on Raw or SmackDown, right? Well, mm, I don't think this counts. But no. Alistair Black on a technicality? No, I wouldn't count that. Pete Dunne, on a technicality, Pete Dunne defeated, I wouldn't count that either. But <laughs> Pete Dunne made a Monday Night Raw debut in England, defeating Enzo Amore. But wait, uh, who? En- Pete yeah, Dunne? Dunne defeated Enzo on Monday Night Raw. But I feel like at the time it, he was more so with. We've only ever seen, for the most part, guys go over there and. Do stuff like Cesaro. Yeah, but we've never seen any of these newer or even older guys with the UK brand even come get the call to SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, there were, I mean, I think there were definitely times where I thought perhaps Tony Storm would have been. And 100% we all thought Pete Dunne would have been or Tyler Bate. But, but they haven't. Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's been so long, and I think because of that, uh, on another technicality, by the way, Noam Dar is probably the only one because Noam Dar goes back and forth. He well, not he doesn't go back and forth now, but he will. He was 100 percent NXT UK, and he did Raw, I believe, and uh, 205 Live. Well, I mean, like we haven't seen James Drake Tucker. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster, I think we may have, I don't remember about Flash Morgan Webster, 
But there's like so many people that are featured on the UK brand that are not have never been WWE been um Raw or SmackDown. And this is a perfect segue to the next segment that took place. Yes. Because Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams have a no DQ slash loser leaves NXT UK match coming up. So I don't know if we're going to end up seeing one of them coming to NXT here, Raw, SmackDown. I don't know. I hope so because it's about time that one of these guys or women get called to Raw or SmackDown to represent this UK brand. Because if not, this UK brand just falls to this side and doesn't get enough credit uh, due to them. It doesn't get enough credit as is. Peacock puts it up on 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 Peacock like five ten minutes late sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> he gets no respect. <laughs> After that, though, we saw a uh, a segment, a promo for Rohan Raja, just basically saying that he's making his debut next week against Teoman. Um. So, looking forward to that. And then the main event saw Mustache Mountain for the first time since January 2020 in WWE. Teaming up to de- defeat Shaw Samuels and Noam Dar. Uh, good match. And I figured there was like no way Mustache Mountain wasn't winning this. But there were a few spots in there that had me thinking maybe that uh, Shaw Samuels or Noam Dar were going to pick up the victory. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a... It's fun to see them back together again in in tag team action. Uh, Moving over to SmackDown, we see Cesaro in the ring immediately get cut off by Seth Rollins, who takes credit for Cesaro's current top spot on the roster. And he also claimed that their feud's not going to be over until he says it's over, so he can't move to Roman Reigns just yet. And then he kind of goats him into challenging him. Cesaro does just that. And then Jey Uso comes out. Jey says that Cesaro can't beat Roman Reigns. He can't beat him. He can't beat Seth Rollins. They go to team up and attack Cesaro, which leads to Daniel Bryan making the save, putting Cesaro over to the moon, which I thought was cool. Yeah. And then Roman Reigns came out, trashed both of them. Turns into a tag team match for like 40 minutes or so. This whole segment as a whole was fantastic. Cesaro and Daniel Bryan pick up the victory over Jey Uso and Seth Rollins. It was such a breath of fresh air to see Cesaro do more things to get something like this sort of style match. Mm -hmm. I like the buckle bomb that followed up uh, with the, the Uso splash. Yeah, that was a really nice Seth combo. Seth Rollins ended up leaving the match, and Daniel Bryan gets the victory there. And then Daniel Bryan calls Roman Reigns out again. Jey Uso tries to attack them, gets locked in the swing. He lets him out of it. He gets locked in it again. Daniel Bryan just over and over again calling Roman Reigns out. And save your just cousin. totally cutting a promo. And, you know, gotta say... God bless Daniel Bryan. You know, he was actually counting rotations and <laughs> not just seconds. 
And of course, as he's counting rotations, he gets distracted to get back brought into the promo. And I'm like, dude, no, you were on track. But yeah, and then later on, we saw Daniel Bryan ask Adam Pierce about the Roman Reigns and Cesaro match, and he said he'll try. And Daniel Bryan's like, do more than try, make it happen. After that, we saw Tamina pick up the victory over Nia Jax. Reginald back with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, or more so Nia Jax. Uh, We saw Shayna Baszler help Nia out, but Tamina controlled most of this. We saw Reginald also get involved. Tamina kicks him into Shayna Baszler. Shayna gets into Reginald's face, which distracts Nia Jax. And we saw a bad roll-up. I liked the match. I didn't like the finish. Um, I totally agree with you. But I'm happy that Reggie's back. Yeah. Uh, and then earlier in the night, we also saw uh, Sonya Deville talking to Adam Pierce. Apollo Cruz cuts them off, yelling at Adam Pierce about having to defend the Intercontinental Championship against Big E. And Adam Pierce is like, you don't have to defend it against Big E. It's against Kevin Owens. And then we also saw a segment backstage between Big E and Kevin Owens about the championship, which I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Match happens. Apollo Crews picks up the victory over Kevin Owens to retain. Sami Zayn comes out in the middle of the match to sit on commentary. But this was a good match. We saw Commander Aziz get up on the apron. Apollo Crews uh, rolls Kevin Owens up. We literally just saw Tamina do that same thing. Yeah. Same distraction, same even angle, I believe. Yes. Didn't like that, but Kevin Owens hits a stunner on Apollo Crews after the match, and Aziz hits that Nigerian nail. And I Sami like, Zayn danced over Kevin Owens, which I thought was funny. I like this, the finish of the nail. You know? Yeah. Really reminds Samoan me. Samoan Spike. Huh? Samoan Spike. Yeah, I mean, Shades of Umaga, Shades of Haku. Mm. Really awesome stuff. And we saw Apollo Crews speak to, uh, or speak about Kevin Owens backstage. Big E attacks Apollo Crews. Refs kind of uh, push Big E away from the situation. Not so sure why Aziz wouldn't have gone after him, Mm -hmm. but their rematch is taking place for the championship next week on SmackDown. And after that, we finally, after what seems like, how many months has it been? I don't know, too many. It's been so long since we've seen Aleister Black. Yeah, I mean, there's been these pictures and stuff that he's been tweeting out but we finally saw a vignette of him talking about this new what was it the tales of the the dark Dark father yeah the dark father and he goes into a storytelling i say farther and what (laughs) i I love farther huh i said i feel like i said farther no you said father. father but the thing that i loved the most about this segment was that this was exactly what they did with mm-hmm. Tensha. 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 The same. And it was like that's that same thing with I said it kind of 
they, it literally it kind of was like a mix of that Tian Shah and the Tio Man segment from NXT UK that I said that kind of reminded me of Tian Shah. Yeah, and I just I I thought this was fantastic. I totally agree with you. I I love that they went back to that sort of a uh, uh, video animation style. Yeah, that an- when that ha- as soon as that popped up, I was like, Hallelujah! Yeah, God bless this. Yeah, it was like once once you went like once it faded to that. You're like, yes, okay. It kind of reminds yeah. me t- of uh, um, Harry Potter. Never heard of it. Oh, it's it's a really popular. <laughs> I think it's um, what was it? It was like I a think graphic... it's a theme park at Disney World. Right? No, no, it was a graphic novel. Um, that <laughs> I think really it was a manga. <laughs> yeah, it was some it was some anime that came out. I think Harry Potter with the anime. Yeah, yeah. it was some anime. But Harry Potter and the Last Airbender or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. They had uh the same animation in one of those movies, but very much a fan uh, of it. After that, also I cannot for the life of me cannot stand when people are like, Isn't Harry Potter at Disney World? Ugh. Which is an interesting fact. I believe that it almost was at Disney World. Really? I believe they, they lost the bid. Yeah, something like that. I, I don't remember what exactly happened. I think maybe because the Universal Universal had the movie rights to it or something. I don't know how that deal happened, but I think it was almost going to happen at Disney World. Well, they just opened up a Harry Potter store in New York City. Are you going to go? No. Why would I even? Well, you love anime. I First of all, the only anime that I've ever seen... I think would be Sailor Moon. I've never seen it. If that counts as anime. Yeah, no, that's I assume that's it anime. would. And is it anime? the only anime yeah, character I so. that I like, the only anime character that I like is Jushin Liger only because it's Jushin Liger. <laughs> Jushin Liger! Uh, so after that, though, we saw the Dirty Dogs being interviewed about the Mysterios versus the Alpha Academy. And who is in line next for the Tag Team Championships? The Street Profits cut this off, which leads into an argument, which then gets cut off by Ding Dong, hello, Bailey. Uh, and then Bailey, basically they all leave, and she speaks about Bianca Belair being her opponent at WrestleMania Backlash, which I still can't believe is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. The name of that the pay-per-view. Um, and she said that she's taking the title back. Montez Ford overheard it, called Bianca Belair. Belair's like, I'll be right there. And then Bianca Belair's like, oh, why don't you repeat what you had said before? And Bailey's like, I just want to, I want to congratulate you. You're the best, which is just like the complete opposite of what she had said. And uh, Belair looked puzzled, which I liked. And Bailey comes back and just laughs in her face. And I thought it was fantastic. Bailey is fantastic. Um, great segment. I totally agree with you. I and main event, yeah, of the evening. Saw the Mysterios pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. I thought overall it was a good match, good tag team match. We saw the repeating belly to belly suplexes by Chad Gable, which I thought was awesome. Um, and I know that it's not confirmed that SummerSlam will have live fans. Mm-hmm. And I also know that it's four four months away. But I think it'd be cool to see the Mysterios win those titles. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't get it at WrestleMania. 
maybe we could finally see them win the titles at SummerSlam. I don't know how they could stretch this, but mm-hmm. but it'd be it'd be cool to see them. They they bill it as the first father and son tag team champions in WWE history. That'd be cool. SmackDown's closer. We saw Cesaro and Daniel Bryan come out for Roman Reigns' answer to the challenge of Cesaro. And Roman Reigns finally comes out, kind of does a De Niro impression from Taxi Driver. He's like, you challenging me? Are you challenging me? Which I popped. I don't know if anyone else like thought that, but I thought that was hilarious. No, I didn't. And, uh, and he gave Daniel Bryan one more chance next week on SmackDown. He completely completely ignores Cesaro. And Cesaro's like, you gotta do it. But Roman Reigns says that when Daniel Bryan loses, that's it. I want you to disappear. I want you off my show. And Daniel Bryan accepted that. And I'm not ready to say goodbye to Daniel Bryan. No. I, I, you have to give credit to Roman Reigns, though. His promos have been awesome. Considering this is the guy from The Shield that wasn't the promo cutter. He has been on fire with his promos. Yeah. So next week for the WWE Universal Championship, we're going to see Roman Reigns defending the title against Daniel Bryan. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know there's been like interviews and stuff or like rumors of maybe Daniel Bryan being done. And I hope that's not the case, but I also don't necessarily see Daniel Bryan winning the title. So perhaps, I don't know, perhaps maybe it'll get like stretched Jay Uso somehow attacks Daniel Bryan or something, causes a disqualification, WrestleMania backlash. We'll see Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns or something. I don't know, unless that's really it for Bryan. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not. I don't see that as I, I can't see that happening. I don't think it's the I don't think it's done. I don't think he's gonna lose, but but if he loses, I mean, if he doesn't lose, then he's the champion. We can have a DQ. We can have a no contest. There's so many ways out of this. Well, that was SmackDown. No? Yeah, why not? <laughs> we can. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. How about you tell us a little about this thing that we do on this podcast? It's called your shoutouts. Hey there, Hiff. We should listen to Brandon's shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. Uh, I thought it was a super fun show to watch, which, I mean, kind of seemed uh, a little fixed, but I uh, oh, yeah. definitely wish that the whole season was out at once. No! No what? I, I'm very happy that it's not all out at once. I would definitely binge watch that. Oh, I would in a heartbeat binge watch it, but I am so happy that it's not. Um, <laughs> you're you're happy it's not because you. I mean, if it was, I mean, I don't think you don't binge watch shows. It seems right. <laughs> um, 
It depends. I do. I now you have no. I mean, you did not watch Wandavision. You have no idea how that show. What anything happens on that I, show? I, you didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I know a little bit about Wandavision because I looked it up. I did look up a few things about it because I had to know. But I mean, I think the last thing that I binge watched legit was a documentary on the Cecil Hotel on Netflix. Um. And then before that, the last thing I binge watched was Money Heist. Married with children. <laughs> yeah. No, Money Heist. Money Heist. What is that? Anything like Tower Heist? Uh, close to it, except it's actually good. No, I'm okay. just joking. I was just joking. Money Heist was Tower Heist. Money Heist was a good movie. Um, yeah. No, it's it's a, a Spanish um, TV show on Netflix about a bank heist. But... Really, really awesome. Um, uh, the next shout-out goes to the Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Or Legends of... Yeah, Legends of the Ten Rings trailer. I don't know anything about this character or how he's going to be fitting into Phase 4 in the MCU. But, man, this trailer... I thought it, this movie looks fantastic. I did not see this. And I'm definitely pumped to see it. I'm like now the only trailer that people are waiting on is Eternals. Mm-hmm. I don't know when we'll see that, but the next uh, X, not X, the next MCU show that's coming out on Disney Plus is Loki. So that's June. Wow. Uh, and then the last shout out goes to Grandma's Boy. Really? Is that not? That's such a good movie. Ah. Uh... I couldn't get into no it. No way. Dude, I watched it this past week, man. I had not seen it in years. It's such a good movie. Eh, it's all right. What don't you like about it? I don't know. It's stupid humor. There's there's so many wrestling references in that film as well. Yeah, but the humor is like really stupid stoner humor. Well, that's it. I don't know. It's a, it's a standard uh, Happy Madison film. Yeah, that's probably why I'm not that big of a fan of it. Mm. Well, those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Our... Moment of the Week! That is right, our Mark Out Moment of the Week. I mentioned in my shout-outs, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. I think one of my mark-out moments of the week, 100% when Mick Foley recreated the debut of Socko mm-hmm. in Vince McMahon's office at <laughs> the WWE headquarters. I thought that was fantastic. I wish they brought Yarple in for that. Find that treasure for I, me. <laughs> I got to agree with you. I thought that that segment was really funny. Even even though, yes, it was totally staged. It's just, it was... I think, what was it? Vince Vince coming stuff. And then, oh, look who it is. Yeah. And then, I got you chocolates. I know you like your sweets. <laughs> Mick, this is, uh, it's eating. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good segment. I, I, and then I think, does he drop the line? Is there going to be any bedpans? Or is that Stephanie that also said that? That, that was Vince asking about the, uh, I think, not bedpans, but Stone Cold. Stone Cold's not here, I, I think he said. I feel like Stephanie said, minus the bedpans, so you could do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. She said that earlier, minus the bedpans, and they cut to the Stone Cold with the bedpan. 
Um, yeah, but it's such a fantastic show, man. It was. I I agree with you. I thought that the show was really cool. I thought it was weird how the first person like opted to just give him back his stuff. Yeah, aside from them just like giving it to him, like, oh, I met Mick, Mick Foley. That's enough for me. That's like a monetary value on that item, first of all. Not to say, yeah, no, I would say hanging out with Mick Foley is priceless, but I don't know how much time I would say I get to spend with Mick Foley as a trade-off for an item that's like also kind of priceless at some so, point. So, okay, I'm going to ask. So the first guy didn't take anything in return, just meet my kids. The second guy, I believe he got a, a pay-per-view viewing party with Foley. Plus money. Plus, oh, yeah, plus money and a pizza party. And then the last guy got a what? tour. A tour. Not only does he get a tour of the warehouse, he then, he gives the, first of all, it, it's mind-boggling that Mick Foley wouldn't have an original Cactus Jack vest. That is, I, I, I kind of question that too. That I to me makes no sense. I kind of I the same thing goes for them not having an original. Yeah, sign. I kind of question the authenticity of that. You know, but they trade off a cactus jack vest for a used cactus jack not barbed wire two by four that was lit on fire in the match against Triple yeah, H. Not a that I would say is more expensive than what he had yeah not a the 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 only one the barbed wire bat that was lit on fire two by four but it made no sense i i that guy made a a killing in that yeah i i really and that's the thing i kind of think at a stage i think that foley does have some of this stuff next week's episode kane and undertaker kane and undertaker looking for uh the old undertaker gear first gear yeah, I'm looking forward to the other episodes. You have one with Jake the Snake. You got one with um, Jerry Lawler, I believe, is on. Two uh, weeks. Ric Flair, Booker T. I think is. I think next week is Booker T. Um, I think Booker T. No, next week is is Undertaker and Kane. Oh, then I feel like I saw them do showing the Booker T. episode. But it looks like a really awesome show. Okay. So the first guy got totally rooked. Or or did he not get rooked? Is that the right thing to do? It's like also, yeah, again, yeah, I Like this is like yeah, if, I don't if, know. Like uh like if somebody hit a significant home run ball and you caught the home run. Are you I'm keeping it. <laughs> like yeah, do you keep the ball and then if or do you offer it to let's say Alex Rodriguez or Derek Jeter? Do you just give it to what's, them? What's A-Rod doing with the ball? Yeah, do you just give it to them? Or do you say, hey, I'll give you this ball, but I want season tickets or something? I've seen – hasn't that been the case where it was like a really big uh, milestone yeah, yeah. hit and somebody got like – not season tickets. I don't think season tickets, but like a signed jersey yeah, or and like a signed yeah, ball. That's, that's why I'm asking. Like I don't even know – I don't know what I would do. What would you do? That's also the thing. The same thing, though. It's like, I what I don't understand, like where, like how did the original mankind shirt make it from mankind's body to auction to somebody else's? He probably donated it to auction to raise charity. But like, why would you donate the first mankind shirt? That to me just doesn't make sense. Like that's such that's like like 
that's a, a thing that do you is a history do book you believe sort of that thing. it was the really the first it's very possible I don't know and I don't know and I don't know if maybe because I own a, a, a used mankind or not mankind a used Mick Foley jacket maybe yeah so tell and tell I the listeners when, how did you get it I bought how, the jacket when Mick Foley was on uh when it's from uh an episode of Smackdown from 2007 I was there so that's why I wanted to get it when I saw Mick Foley was selling it and and he had like a, a large auction selling a bunch of stuff and I don't know I think um, somebody else posted on Twitter. I saw a Cactus Jack, a WCW Cactus Jack from like '91 era vest, uh-huh. um, signed by Mick Foley. I don't know if he had that sort of stuff on the the eBay listing when I purchased it. And I already I had to have purchased it like a good maybe I don't know seven. No, even le- it was it had to have been 2009. Uh-huh. When did we go on that cruise? 2009, right? I think so. Maybe they just So don't... then it would have had to have been it would have had to have been 2008 then that I purchased it because we went in January. Maybe they just don't realize the significance of their attire at the time and they just like, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't Imagine know. Imagine if I had I, I don't CM know, Punk cuz there's like you could go on eBay right now and there's tons of ring worn gear from any superstar. You could see from from Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Big E, Chad Gable. That's interesting. I, I kind of want to go on there and see what's there. That one guy, they go into the basement, he's got Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that was insane. That was insane I, to see. I mean, Macho Man. It's crazy. The yeah. Macho Man jacket. All right, so let's say, ding dong, hello. Mick Foley is at your door. He wants that that ring worn jacket and pants that <laughs> that he wore in a match against Coach. Yeah, that he wore in, in a match against Coach, and he wants to gift it to Coach because of the significance behind it. Will you give it to him? If not, well, the the jacket first of all, it's I believe it says to Brandon on it. Okay, so. it could be. Hey, all you need to do is take some acetone to it. Yeah, nail yeah, nail true. polish remover, and it's gone. So, what would you do? I see cuz because I paid money for it I don't think I could I couldn't just give it to Foley I would need something for it. Okay, so you are turning it you are not doing what that first guy did. I would 100% need something else in return plus marking out related items. Ooh, stiff stiff <laughs> stiff. Okay, okay. So go on, go on. What else? So I don't know, but I don't know what kind of item would be like a, a trade scheme. Okay, for that. so do you want money, or would you rather a trade of something, a different attire, or a hangout, or a tour? I would definitely rather to have, but no, I I just I wouldn't. I was there for that. I'm gonna need something else where I was there for it. Okay, so what do you? T- so the only way you would give this up is if. You got something else from that night? Not even from that night. From something from another event that I was at where Mankind was there and I could be like guaranteed that I wore this when I was there. Uh-huh. Otherwise, you you would turn down Mick Foley. I, I would regrettably like have to. I'd unfortunately be like, I'm sorry, I can't. I absolutely can't. But the, 
this means more to me than it would to coach. I mean, but this is his jacket. You're you're going to turn him down? Well, but I I bought it and it had sentimental value to me. I saw you make an unexpected appearance or whatever and or no, I, I don't know if it was expected or not. I think he was on the roster at that point, but All right, so there you go. There you have it. Brandon Brandon's going to be playing hard to get. <laughs> 9,000 bucks. No, I can't. I really can't do that. All right. I don't know what but, I would. Uh, I don't know what I would do either. I definitely wouldn't give it up for free, especially if you pay for it. Right. Um, the entire hangout for the night over pizza doesn't float my boat. You know that. I'm like, you're gonna have to uh, get Triple H over here <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I would. Like if if you could if you could somehow get me season tickets to NXT Takeover with travel and lodging or something. Uh huh. Season tickets, or like, yeah, like you just be like, so like take over for give a year, me like some sort of package deal. Yeah, like you give me the full, like when everything is normal again, I get January to January or something like that. Maybe you throw in some meet and greets in between. <laughs> Any anything else? I- <laughs> I don't know. I know it's 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 tough when you when you think about it. I feel like I would. What are I you doing? Be... Say CM Punk walks up to you. Yeah, right. CM Punk's <laughs> gonna say like, "Hey, I actually wore those." Give me that. Give me that tape that Kurt Hawkins stole. Yeah, I wonder what <laughs> match that was from. Yeah, I wouldn't even. I don't even know how we could possibly get a date on that. I. How interesting would it be if the tape that I have is from like a big match from CM Punk's career? I would yeah well I was it not I think it was ECW tape. Was it ECW tape? I want to say that it was probably ECW tape. I'm not positive. But, but even though. still it would be really cool to know what match that was worn in. Yeah. Do you think he could authenticize it? You know? I think it's already authentic authenticized. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get like um, Hawkins or someone to write up a little certificate yeah <laughs> but 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 yeah so that's only one of our markout moments oh, yeah. the they had the uh the the documentary that the biographies debuted and it's one a week this week's was stone cold steve austin completely well done so well done i don't know why i, I say completely well done. dude i totally i this was my markout and i apologize i have a feeling that the next few weeks we are going to rant well, not rant. We're going to talk about those two episodes for a long time because we're just such marks, and to see what yeah. people are like are trying to regain attire wise, I feel like we're just going to mark over them. But this Stone Cold biography was awesome. It, it, it you they even interviewed his brother. Yeah, and which always trips me out how much he looks like him. I've seen him in pictures and and I feel like video footage before, but that's that always trips me yeah, out. Yeah, and figure like just just hearing the entire thing and um, it was really cool to hear him and The Rock talking about their last match. Yeah, and and I don't I feel like I don't know if we must have had The Rock told us exactly what he said, but I'm not sure. I I think that we knew that he told them like I love you and this and I love that. You, yeah, I think we knew that already. Um, 
But this entire thing, it was cool hearing Paul Heyman speak about him. The going yeah. into the ECW. Um, it was really awesome hearing about the King uh, King of the Ring promo. I don't still don't buy that though. I feel like we've heard the same them saying the same thing on the Austin podcast, we've, which if you have we've a hundred percent heard yeah, that. Yeah, if you have not listened to him with um with Hendrix. What's his name? <laughs> Michael yeah, Michael Hayes. Hayes. If you haven't <laughs> heard him with Michael Hayes on the podcast, it's awesome because it goes into all of that. I loved hearing about everything with Dutch. But listen, Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes says that was, like, done off the top of his head. Stone Cold, I, if I'm not mistaken, in that biography says, I ad-libbed and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. I think he said he took – I think both of the things were ad-libbed because he says that he took two swings and both of them were home runs. But that doesn't make sense because you can literally see Michael Hayes moving his mouth to it. I would have to rewatch. And you see that so often. You could see Tony Schiavone in most of the AEW promos these days doing it. You could see um, Mean Gene, Jesse the Body Ventura. All the all the greats do That's it. It's really interesting. I. It's so weird, but yeah. I'm going to have to watch back. But the entire thing was so, so awesome. Um, yeah, next week's episode, we get Roddy Piper's biography, which I popped big time because Mr. T is going to be interviewed for it. Yeah. We're going to finally get to that portion of his Hall of Fame speech that we didn't get to, and we'll hear him talk about Roddy Piper. Yeah, it's really going to be awesome. And who else do they have Did on you? biography? Do you know? Uh, in two weeks, in two weeks is Macho Man. There's Booker T... Uh, uh, I don't know who else. So this is going to be like a my head. a month long thing, or well, there's eight episodes in this series, I believe. Okay, so we have at least two months of this. Yeah, and it's one a week. That's awesome. I'm, and, and it sucks because it's not, uh, it's not a titled program. It's just Stone Cold Steve Austin biography. Yeah. Roddy Piper biography. So you have to actually go in. If you're going to miss it, go in and DVR each week. So you got to do it eight times. Hey, you know, this, I think that this entire series is, it's well worth it. Yeah. But did you happen to see Vince McMahon on the phone with Roddy Piper to promote this? No, I did not. (laughs) I did not. Yeah, he's uh, in 2021 talking to Roddy Piper on a cell phone. And he goes, oh, it's, Roddy's in uh, heaven, not hell. It's <laughs> <laughs> out there, man. That's that's wild. You know? And, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's out there. But, I, but yeah, that's episode yeah. 533. Follow us on Twitter at MarkinOutBTTG161. Chris Sweendog, Dave the Rave underscore MO. MarkinOut11 on Instagram and YouTube. BTTG161 also on Instagram. MarkinOut.com, Facebook.com slash MarkinOut. ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkinOut. Use the code regardless for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Twitch.tv slash marking out. 
Leave reviews, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, and whatever else is out there that we're on. We wish you the best best luck in your future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.